and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. I am so happy to have you. And if you are a returning listener, then hello, hi, how are you doing? You're the best. So this week, we actually have a really fun thing. If you're listening to this episode, the day that it comes out or the day after that comes out, you are in luck. You are special. Thank you for listening to it right away because you have the chance to enter the Creative Soul podcast giveaway. This is the first time that we're doing a giveaway on here. It's actually on over on my Instagram, at Leah Van Doren, and we are giving away some of the incredible creations from past podcast guests, including a 2021 moon calendar from episode two's guest, Amea. We're giving away these beautiful handmade polymer clay goddess earrings from episode nine's guest, Erica Schaefer. We're giving away a free ticket to a workshop that I am teaching on Saturday, February 13th, 2021, called Activate Your Inner Goddess. So if you're interested in joining us for a kind of goddess sacred circle for Valentine's Day, then definitely enter the giveaway for a chance to win a free ticket. And last but not least, we are giving away a free copy of Shauna Cummins' book, Wishcraft, A Guide to Manifesting a Positive Future. So Shauna Cummins is our guest this week. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode, to hear all about Shauna and her work and the book she just wrote and what the process of writing the book was like and what the book's about. You can enter to win a free copy of her book. So definitely listen to this episode and then go check out the giveaway. It's happening on Instagram. All the details are over there. We will announce winners Friday, February 12th, 2021. So if you're listening to this episode much later, I'm sorry, it's past, but definitely still check out all of those amazing people. Um, again, you can just head over to my Instagram at Leia Van Doren, L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N. So I'd love to get into my fabulous guest, not only the author of Wishcraft, which we'll talk about in the episode, but a little bit more about who she is and what she does. So Shauna Cummins is a hypnosis practitioner and trainer and is the founder of the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis. She believes in the power of empathic leadership, compassion, and practical neuroscience in teaching the art and science of hypnosis. It is her mission to share hypnosis as a natural ability and practical tool for change available to everyone. Her work as a hypnotist and performance artist has been featured at places like the Center for Contemporary Art in Glasgow, the Queen's Museum of New York City, Borealis Music Festival, the National Gallery of Denmark, and in the JetBlue documentary, Human Kinda. She maintains a private practice in New York City at the Center for Integrative Hypnosis. In this episode, we dive into what inspired Shauna to become a hypnosis practitioner and her unique way of working in hypnotism and how hypnosis is really a tool that can be used for anything. And she teaches in her book also, Wishcraft, how the 
the act of making wishes and being conscious about your life and consciously choosing your life is a creative act and is the way that you can be an artist in your own life. So super inspiring, not only her story, but just the work that she brings forth into the world. And so without further ado, here is Shauna Cummins. Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for coming on the Creative Soul podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So the first question I ask everyone is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? Wow. What a question. What is currently fueling my creative soul? My gosh. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm so deep in my work now with like hypnosis, wishcraft and the school, the divine feminine school of hypnosis is, I don't know. It's like so immersive. It's really feels like a a deep slipstream in a river, you know, like that's just like, so it fuels me like so much just like sharing the work with people, clients, students, and constantly kind of like channeling it in new ways, new creative ways with like the wishcraft and it's not a clear answer, but it feels like extremely immersive. It feels very much like it's just kind of, I'm going along, it's taking me away, mm. moving me forward. <laughs> Totally. It's kind of like something else is guiding it and you're just in the process of sharing and giving. Yeah. And giving. Totally. Cool. Will, you, will you tell us a little bit about the work that you do for those of us who don't know? So I work as a hypnosis practitioner for, I'm going on my ninth year now, which is pretty wow. wild because it doesn't feel like that a lot in a lot of ways. It, it feels like, yeah, it feels like as soon as I started doing it, like time really changed. Mm. like everything like every moment became a lot thicker you know like it's just became more much more immersive like the way it is now it's just been like an expansion of that so I I started out working you know one-to-one with clients and I did that for about seven years and about midway through that working with clients I really started to integrate my work as as an artist into my hypnosis work I started to merge the two and I kind of came up with this thing called the wishcraft, which allowed me to share hypnosis in a way that really brought it back to a more, it's more mystical kind of dance like ceremonial healing roots. And also it allowed me to just be more creative with the presentation and experience of hypnosis with like sound hypnosis experiences with, you know, art installations, you know, writing and talking about hypnosis in different ways, like about film and hypnosis, about feminism and hypnosis, like just kind Mm -hmm. of really like opening up the larger discussion of like trance states and suggestibility and the creative flow state and all that stuff. So at midway through my one-to-one client work, I really started to develop my work as a hypnosis artist, as I say, which was really amazing and super fun. As soon as I really did that, then a lot of great things started to come my way and happen. And it was really awesome. And then after the seven years, I started a school called the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis, which was kind of like a, a training program. It is a training program that kind of merged these two worlds that I have you know, because like working one-on-one with clients, but then how to work with it in this way that was, you know, speaking to it's like divine feminine roots in a more kind of ceremonial healing arts kind of way, but yet with a kind of accurate historical context of what hypnosis is and where it comes from. So the Divine Feminine School of Hypnosis, I've been doing that now for four years. And then this year I just published the Wishcraft book. Yay. Yeah. I can't wait to get to talk about the process of writing the book and all that. But 
how is hypnosis different than like meditation? How would you describe the difference between the two? So hypnosis in extremely simple terms can be described as meditation with agenda, which I don't really love this hmm. to be honest with you because it's too simplified and I don't like the word agenda so much, but you get what I mean. So meaning yeah. like the, the real difference there is that it's very intentional to go into the meditative trance hypnagogic state, which is mm -hmm. you know kind of what you access in meditation, this really relaxed brainwave state, kind of like you, you're about to fall asleep, the alpha, theta brainwave state. That's mm -hmm. the trance state, right? So we enter into a trance state when we're in meditation. We enter into a trance state technically when we're in Shavasana at the end of yoga. You know, these are kind of healing trance states. We're also in unconscious trance states many mm -hmm throughout the day, but the healing trance states, those are good examples. So hypnosis is like going into that healing trance state to change something. So it's mm -hmm. called change work because we, in that, in that healing trance state of the alpha, theta, brainwave, relaxed state, everybody is more receptive to suggestion and open to their subconscious mind or their imagination, their feeling, sensing mind. And it's an ideal time to bypass the conscious mind and to go into, you know, your kind of resource state of your imagination and your subconscious mind in order to affect change on a deeper level. So like it's, we really utilize that as, you know, suggestion therapy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you're now, and that you've started blending like the artist and the hypnosis work because I think the parallel between hypnosis and performance is such a fascinating intersection Yes. And so will you talk about like, what has that experience been like? What, what would be an example of something you lead people through and how does kind of the performance aspect of it enhance the experience overall? That's a really interesting question too. I mean, the performance aspect of it is it's all about expectation and suspending disbelief, you know, so it can just, it just empowers, you know, the experience of it. And it, and then it really in my work, you know, I'm doing it to illustrate the capacity for our, for humans to change and mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to, to find safe spaces within their mind to affect that change, you know, no matter where they're coming from, or where they are. So when I, when you, when I bring it into like this kind of ceremonial performance thing, it's all about like art, it's about shifting perspective and about mm -hmm. You know, so when you're doing it in this way, that's a little bit more dramatic and performative and ceremonial and ritualized, you know, it just, it, it, it becomes more potent and more powerful. And then therefore people's shift in perspective is greater. And then they can, you know, take that into their daily life and be like, oh, interesting. Like, how can that, you know, if that can happen in this context, you know, how, how can I change this maybe that in a way that I didn't think I previously could, you know? I mean, there's the, a lot of misconception that surrounds hypnosis for sure. Obviously, you know, really rooting in the Hollywood stereotypes of hypnosis and the kind of colonial oppressive stereotypes of the patriarchal like perspective of like the male hypnotist kind of doing something to the hysterical woman patient or, yeah. or just having total control over the, the client. Mm -hmm. And so people, and you know, these stereotypes are, are perpetuated. And then there's the Las Vegas stage show hypnosis thing where it is a performance and the purpose of it is to entertain people, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, 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 it's not like 
hypnotherapy or hypnosis practitioner work, it's, it is entertainment, you know? So mm. the intention there is for entertainment and the intention, what they're working with is their, they are, their main intention is to manipulate and show, like take the most suggestible people and exploit them for comedy. But so their kind of like whole framework is different. They're using perception, like sleights of hand, illusion, but they are really working with the power of suggestibility in a huge way. And they're perverting that, they're manipulating it, they're exploiting it. And everyone's going there, they're paying for that. They know what they're, they, that's what they want, you know, a little bit like, you know, another kind of entertainment. But, you know, they, it's totally different than hypnosis practitioner, hypno, hypnotherapy or healing art hypnosis, because they're exploiting the spectrum of suggestibility. So like, it's true that, you know, allegedly that 80% of the population, this is the kind of general statistic, 80% of the population are moderately suggestible, 10% are highly resistant, 10% are highly suggestible. And so when the, the performance of the stage hypnosis, they'll, they'll, they'll do things, you know, like, oh, like who, like, you know, did this yesterday, raise your hand and whoever raises it quickly and then responds to this cue, responds to that cue, they're all suggestibility tests. Then they bring up, they, they always bring up eight people, they eliminate the, to the most suggestible. So they're perverting that, right? And they're exploiting it and then they're using it for entertainment purposes. So there is this spectrum of suggestibility that's true. However, everybody is suggestible. So even the highly resistant people are suggestible. And so it is a natural ability and a practice that when you do it consciously, you know, for the purposes of conscious change for yourself and the world, and then it is a practice and it's an ability, you know, like, like it is like meditation, like you do it over time and you are doing, you are working with hypnosis and self-hypnosis when you're working with a lot of different meditations and spiritual practices. It's just that people don't explicitly call it that, you know? Right. Yeah, what initially drew you to hypnosis? And I love that you're kind of subverting this stereotype of the masculine patriarchal entertainment, like manipulative version of hypnosis and really getting to the more feminine mystical hypnosis and kind of changing our perception on that. And so what what drew you to it? I was always fascinated by it, but I didn't know much about it. Like, you know, it's a weird thing, you know, it's like- Totally, it's mysterious. And I, I kind of think I've always, yeah, been interested in like, you know, mysterious mystical things and so it had been in my mind for a while it's always in the back of my mind heard people who had experiences with it and it was pretty fascinating to me and then I was at a stage in my life where I was changing just needed to find out really what I really needed to do in the world and I was trying to heal too I had burned myself out a little bit for sure and wanted to kind of go into a, another path you know go maybe I, I I definitely had roots that were more like in my university education and in my early like adulthood where I was like, I definitely want to be in, you know, social services and I want to be of service in some kind of way. But I was also like a poet and artist aspiring mm -hmm. to, you know? So at any rate, at that stage, it was my, was my late twenties and I'd been working like in fashion and I had published a magazine for a few years and it was all great and super fun, but I was very burnt out and I wasn't, in the end, I wasn't really doing a great job at any of it because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. You know, I could yeah. get by, but it was like, this isn't really like, this, I should be doing this. I should be, I'm not one of those people that can just do anything and be, do really well. Like I kind of have to really love it and have fun with it to do really well. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm a Leo. Maybe that's why. But <laughs> so at any rate, I, I was doing a lot of exploring and healing and thinking of going back to school for social work and trying to start that process. And but I didn't really want to do that either. So I found hypnosis and then I almost immediately enrolled in the course because it was so affecting. And I was I was really scared to go in the beginning because I it was like, for sure, I'm going to find out something bad, all my fault or something horrible is going to come out, you know, these stereotypes of hypnosis, but it still drew me in. And I found, I was suggest, I was referred to this female hypnotist woman, uh, Melissa Tears, who ended up to be my teacher. And that really allowed me to do it because I, whenever I was researching, I mean, no offense to, to these guys, but like never felt that safe. And it, it did feel like it was a little bit too like Las Vegas stage show or like weird. Yeah. I didn't feel that safe to be honest with you. So when I found Melissa, I was like, oh, okay, great. And then that was it. And then as soon as I, and it was very helpful. It was very deeply healing for me. I think that people around me can see like before and after type thing, like, oh, wow, like you, that really changed. And I had been doing a lot of work on myself. I had been yeah. like a lot of therapy and psychoanalysis and, you know, really trying. And so then that, yeah, it was just, it just really worked for me. And yeah. And, I'm, and it's, then it became this thing where it was like, wow, this is, this is like being the poet and being the social worker oh. and doing all the things, you know, and like it all kind of came together. So. Oh, I love that. I love like blend, finding the different sides of yourself and being able to find something that speaks to you so beautifully and like blend all of that together. And I, sh I just love hearing stories of like how people found their path, because I think that's something everyone wonders about. And then suddenly it's like whatever draws you is is what you're meant to do and you probably never thought you're going to become a hypnosis practitioner but here you are and so I'm curious like what are the typical things that people usually come to you for like is it a limiting belief I know that you and I met because we did a past life regression therapy like what are the most common things that people seek hypnosis for you know that's what I love also about hypnosis too is because people will come to let go of cigarettes or, you know, free themselves from smoking or, you know, really shift their relationship to food or nail biting these things that are like, like these unconscious kind of habits and ticks that like nothing else can solve. And yeah. they've tried everything. And the thing is that, for example, they like people will come because it works really well to quit smoking, but they would never do any other kind of mystical out there stuff. Oh. they'll come to a hypnotist and do it, you know? And, and so that's cool because it kind of broadens the perspective a little bit and allows you to work with all different types of people. I think that's what my experience has been. And I really like totally. that because I really like working with everybody, you know, mm. different people. I think now that I get more and more into my style and witchcraft thing, maybe that's becoming less, but th those are my roots. And I really, really appreciate that the most. Mm. But so the, it, people will come for those sorts of things. I've kind of over the years begin to, kind of specialize in my own style and what I'm the best at. And that's what helped me the, in the beginning was what it helped me was despite years of all other kinds of healing and therapy, which was helpful in its own way, but it didn't, I was still really struggling with a lot of internalized shame and self-worth issues and hypnosis was the only thing that was really able to change that in a, in a, in a deep and profound way and quickly, pretty quickly. So that is become my specialty is really working with healing that kind of self-worth relationship and then opening up to the wishcraft how to make your dreams come true or, or you know but not about getting exactly what you want but like opening up to a larger world of possibility and creative mm -hmm. support and you know changing really the way that you 
see the world and then the world really changing, but mm-hmm. in a, in a grounded kind of way, not in a, not an illusion kind of way. Yeah. Cause it's a very conscious practice, you know, and I think this is something that really needs to be talked about now too, especially with all like conspiracy theories and the media and the news and just so much disparate kind of ideas of truth, like post-truth kind of world. The thing about hypnosis is what it really helped me in the beginning was because I think I had this proclivity to go into illusion and fantasy as a mm-hmm. as a coping mechanism. That's what was causing my my insecurity. That was what was causing my disconnect from myself and my purpose. Mm-hmm. But it was also kind of a a superpower that I had to go because it helped helped me survive. It helped me overcome. It. You know, when I was in these fantasy states, I was activating serotonin and dopamine and it was feeling good but it was it was all based on escapism it was all based on really covering up fear Mm -hmm. so when I was working with hypnosis when you're really working with deep healing and confronting the the wounds and the the truth then it becomes extremely conscious because you're no longer afraid you know you start to build courage so you can actually face the truth like yeah you know what this is real (laughs) and this sucks but it's gonna be okay you know so it's, it's like that shame really like is very brittle and it just breaks you down and like, that's it. You can't do anything. But like when hypnosis, when you're really working with hypnosis, you're working with the imagination as a practice. And it's about accepting things exactly as they are before they change, you know? Mm. So like, so that's really become my specialty and it is like a thin line when I understand now there's a lot of confusion around it with, with everything that's going on in the world now but it also it's still it's very it's a very effective natural powerful tool for positive change you know yeah yeah let's talk about your book because you just came out with wishcraft the book about a week ago and will you talk about a little bit like what the what the book is what it's about who's it for and what was the process for you and your creative process of writing it? And what was that experience like? So thank you for asking about that. So the book is about kind of what I just began to talk about there, which is, you know, me starting to understand, really understand why hypnosis was helping me so much in the beginning. And also really like understanding, wow, this is, this is me really, you know, making my kind of coping mechanism in the past of escapism and bringing it into a conscious practice for good and not for, not for illusion and escapism. And, I, and it really helps me to then understand, you know, really increase my self-awareness and my self-worth. And so the wishcraft is basically what happened was I had started doing hypnosis and it was so amazing and I loved it. And, I, and it was like, it's a, it is one of those things that people, it changes people's lives. Yeah. Not, it's, it's always great in my experience for the most part, because it, it, let's say somebody comes in and it doesn't change their life, but they go into a really deep, relaxed, super deep meditative state that's very beneficial for the nervous system and they feel great about it. That's awesome. You know, that's always, that's also really amazing to have that kind of experience. Or then other times it can really shift everything for people like it did for me, you know? So, so I, I really was, was loving that experience, but at the same time, I found that after a few years, and I think it, you know, it's important that when you're working and you're building a practice, you really just see a ton of clients. You, know, you really got to get good at what you're doing and, and do that apprenticeship. But at the same time, I had been suppressing my true desire of really expressing myself in the world through my language, through arts, through performance as an artist, like really like not really having paid that its respect that it deserved. Mm-hmm. So then I could feel myself kind of, kind of getting like stuck. And I was like, this isn't good. Even though I love 
this and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback and it's a total honor to, to hold this space for people. I myself am not walking the walk here. Like I can do this and I'm good at it. And that's wonderful. That's amazing. But I am also this, I have this creative life force energy that needs to be expressed or it's going to not be good. It's going to go someplace else. (laughs) So I then at that stage too, I I was coming out of a, a really horrible relationship that had severe effects on my nervous system. And it was very reactivating for childhood trauma and like all this stuff. It was just awful. It was like deep unconscious shadow work. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I got out of that relationship and it was a huge wake up call. And in that healing process, I was like, wow, here I am helping people. And I'm like, I was in this awful situation. I'm getting myself out of it. And then it all kind of came back to me in a very kind of profound way. And I was like, no, you cannot put your head in the sand anymore. You have to look at these things. <laughs> And use your imagination consciously, creatively, just like you did when you were a kid, but now you know how to do it. And that's the wishcraft. And like, this is what it is. It's about learning how to hold the two things at once and having compassion for yourself and knowing that you can go for your dreams. You deserve it one step at a time, like, and just open up to the fact that things are, there's more that's possible. And so then the wishcraft came from that. And then it was amazing because like, it was a real like kind of mystical kind of test or something, <laughs> you know, looking back, it seems like, wow. Cause like, as soon as I got out of the relationship, like my life just took off. It was awesome. Like it was amazing. I mean, I had a lot of healing to do my nervous system and I definitely had CPTSD and a lot of stuff like that, but it was, it's been so wonderful and like incredibly. Yeah. And then with all the stuff that came from it, like super creative collaborations and traveling around the world and offering this sharing this in a ceremonial aspect with tons of people in a very fun and fulfilling way. So that was, that's really the, what the wishcraft is about. And so I, I kind of then drew this practice back to my own roots because my parents are from Ireland and that has a huge effect on influencing me, like Irish culture, Celtic, spirituality, everything. So I understood that the, the, one of the biggest origins or whatever that most popular understood origins of the wishing well comes from ancient Celtic tradition where they believed mm-hmm. that water was sacred and they believed that the gods dwelled in the water. And I, I think that's so beautiful because it's like, it's in a lot of spiritual philosophies and even heaven, right, is a water form, you know, like the cloud is, is from water and just the element of water and, the, and that we're made of water. And also the, the metaphors of water as, in terms of the creative manifestation process, like that it can take whatever shape it's around and it's healing and nourishing and all of these things. So the gods dwelled in the water in the ancient Celtic mythology and people would go there and they would surrender their wishes and their worries to the gods in the water. And so I was like, wow, this is like the original therapist, like people going there. But also I was like, this is kind of what happens when people are in self-hypnosis and and hypnosis Mm. is the wishcraft. Like when you learn to cultivate a supportive, you know, loving kindness relationship with yourself, just where you're at one step at a time, then your mind can really be a proverbial wishing well, like a really great place Mm -hmm. to work your imagination, a really great place to sink in those wishes and just work with them in your own way, in your own time, you know? And the thing is that most manifestation practices or schools of thought or whatever, they're always using hypnosis. They don't always explicitly say that, but that's what it is. And so the wishcraft was like my way of obviously paying honor to my own spiritual heritage and practice of prayer of like just Irish mythology and like this idea of like luck and possibility and all Mm. this stuff. And then also my way of surviving and overcoming 
things in my life, like was really tied into understanding how the difference between fantasy and imagination and how to bring that my proclivity and my inclination to go into fantasy as a coping mechanism and bring it into creative act, which is action, Mm -hmm. which is bring it into the world. And you can't do that until you have courage. So you have to have some kind of self-worth and build it up from there. And once you do, then it gets, it's like a live wire. It gets better and better. Like you're, then you're collaborating with the world and it's not even about you anymore. It's like that kind of thing. So that's really what the wishcraft is. And I, I love to call it the wishcraft because I love the wish, like this kind of, as a spiritual kind of like state of mind, not like wishful thinking, but as a very kind of like petition of the divine, just like the water. But also I like to move away from the word manifestation. So Mm. Even though I still refer to it, because technically that's what it is. It's like thoughts and emotions and ideas having a causative effect in your body and then a material effect in the world. And that is manifestation, but I don't like the colonial roots of it. And mm. I just think it's been, it's kind of like, I don't know. I just, it's nice like a to- buzzword nowadays. And I like to, yeah, I like to- Just like with hypnosis and my work with hypnosis, of course, I want it to be distinct from the misconceptions around hypnosis. Like you're going to collect like a chicken or all this kind of stuff. But I also really love to toe the line of that it is really mysterious and mystical and amazing. And it's like, that's why I call myself a hypnosis artist, because it's like, yes, it is meditation with an agenda, but it's so much more than that too. And there's main thing is that it's our belief system and it's all that we don't know that makes it so amazing. Mm. And it's, it's surrendering to what we don't know and the, the healing powers of the mind and body that we just don't know. Yes, I know all about neuroplasticity and self-directed neuroplasticity and all those, all that we can measure now, but we still don't know that much, honestly. Like we're learning more and more and more. That's amazing. But I love that it is still this power of possibility and change. And so I like to toe the line with that. And I did the same thing with the wishcraft, which is a play on words, obviously. It's not you know, witchcraft, but it's witchcraft. So (laughs) I love that so much. That's so beautiful. And one of my favorite things that you say in the book is that wishing and making your dreams come true is a creative act. And like you're co-creating with the universe. And I, this podcast is all about creativity. And so I wonder if you can talk more about how, how that relates to creativity, making wishes, having your dreams come true. I mean, I think that, yeah, I, I kind of feel like everybody is, it's so beautiful that we are all kind of artists in our own way and co-creating like your life with the different parts of you that are inside of you, your past, your future, your present, with the different parts of your community, with what's possible in the world. You're constantly in collaboration. And I think that once we understand it like that, once we bring our mind and our natural, very human ability to wish on stars, wishing wells on all, all kinds of things, that's a natural ability that we have. Like we're aspirational beings in some kind of way, you know, but to bring that into the space of collaboration and compassion and community and curiosity like it really opens up everyone's natural ability to be like okay so this is what's happening right now but how can I what can I do to change today what's available to me right now how can I shift my mindset just wherever I'm at you know and like so yeah it's empowering to think I think as everybody an artist in their own life and of course I know I'm you know taking consideration that there are every people in all different walks of life and situations. Right. But I think just drawing inspiration from, like even myself in my own most traumatic experiences, right? It was this ability to wish or fantasize or escape that was a medicine for me. And Mm -hmm. of course that medicine could then keep me stuck and avoidant. But when I was able to bring it into action, into a creative act, then I was able to really change 
Yeah, I know. And I love this idea of a creative act. And I'm curious too, I know that you have a lot of different wishing rituals in the book. And I'm curious for you, like, what are ways that you, you continue to use witchcraft in your daily life? Like if you have any rituals that you do daily that keep you grounded, or if you want to talk about one in the book, just what are some rituals that you like to do? I really love, I always say this, it's so simple, but it's like really the most life-changing best one for me is a daily kind of self-collaboration, self-appreciation ritual, which is before you go to bed, you review your day. And you choose three things that you can thank yourself for that day. And so it's a little bit of a mind training exercise. This is like, like, for example, there's that mind training exercise of just memory training where you're like, okay, what happened today? And you kind of go back and you record the, you recite the events of your day, which is already really hard because so much happens. And it's like, totally. I don't don't even remember what happens in my day, but this, what this does, it's practical and also very profound in a way over time when you do it as a practice. So you review your day and you're training your attention to receive and recognize progress and positivity, which is, so you're at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad though. See, that's why it's like about, not like, oh, you did, you got a gold star. It's like absolutely anything and everything. It's the way that you receive it. It's the way that you perceive it. Mm. So like, for example, thank you so much for not being so hard on yourself today. Thank you so much for resting, you know, even though you felt bad about it. Thanks for taking the time for yourself. Thank you for calling your friend when you didn't have time. That was nice of you. Thanks for doing that amazing presentation, getting that promotion, whatever it is, good things, bad things, anything. It's the way that you perceive it and receive it. It's not what it is because you're, then you do it and you do it like you're, you're your own best friend. So in your mind, you start to cultivate this sense of yourself, like you're your own best friend, mm-hmm. like, Thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. Like you start to train your mind to see yourself as an ally, as a collaborator. And then that's the opposite of the negativity bias, which your, which your brain does naturally attracts trauma and stress with more gravity, you know, because it activates cortisol and adrenaline. And that one bad thing that happens to you, you're going to be thinking about it. You don't have to consciously, you know, put your mind to it. It's going to be there. So by doing this over time, your mind actually starts to follow that. And so like in other downtimes throughout your day, you're more likely to be like, yes, this sucks, but you have your own back. So it's a very small ritual, kind of like self-hypnosis prayer ritual that starts to shift and train your brain to see and receive things differently, track the positive Mm -hmm. positivity and the progress. And when you're doing that, you are, you're, you're changing your neural pathways. You're opening up, you're engaging the mind in it into a, a more collaborative default mode. So it's like, oh yeah, this isn't exactly how I would like it, but this is not bad. And what about this? This could be better. Like you, then you start to, you have a more fertile ground to wish and to wish well for yourself. Mm, I love that. I love like cultivating this relationship with yourself as kind of these two separate things that you can kind of have that separation. So you don't, again, like you said, it's like changing your perception. I just started doing a, a ritual where every night kind of similarly, I, I write down like 10 moments throughout the day, just like a word or something I saw or something that just like, and in, in thinking about what I do every day is such an amazing practice because it is like, yeah, what did I do today? What Mm -hmm. did I see today? What did I hear today? And it's a beautiful practice in remembering to stay present. And so, yeah, that just made me think of that. I love that exercise too, that you mentioned there, because that's another 
really great way to be an artist of your own life because it is so much about directing your mind's attention and like then bring the gravity there because if we're because we're operating on that default mode then we're unconsciously creating our life but this is us like consciously like oh what matters let me oh, yeah. know, that's why like gratitude is so valuable and and this kind of memory training exercise and and uh, yeah for me self-appreciation is the biggest one yeah yeah it's like gratitude and self-appreciation so important i'm super curious what was the process of writing wishcraft for you was it a hard process was it easy i'm sure like there are moments of ups and downs as there always are in the creative process but what was it like for you for me you know what it was like, it was really all the things, you know, I basically started writing like the beginning of the pandemic. So wow. that was kind of like really weird time to be writing about wishes. <laughs> but actually it was perfect. But at that stage, it was really hard to get my head around because we're all in this kind of collective. Them. And then the, the greatest tragedy of my life happened and my mom died this summer. Wow. And that was just unspeakably awful and quite sudden and and the book had been like I would I was kind of like at the later stages and was supposed to kind of finish it then I had to push it back but even then it wasn't pushed back farther enough really because by the time I got back from that I only had like maybe a couple weeks to finish (laughs) but you know so incredibly difficult but at the same time in, in some ways it was a gift to be able to dive into that and focus on it. And I was able to read my mom a lot of it mm-hmm. before she passed. And that was a really beautiful experience. And I know she would have been very proud of it. And so, I mean, it was, it was tough. Wow, wow. <laughs> Even though it's like this, like little book of wishes that, you know, it was, it was tough. And then I just, my business was changing so much. I was just trying to keep afloat and survive and adapt. And I had been in the middle of teaching this course when my mom passed and writing the book and many, many challenges, I have to say. Yeah. But again, like I think the spirit of the wishcraft and really survival to transmute that energy into something more kind of carried me through it. And there's been, there's been some tough things post-production. Like I didn't exactly get to see it before I went to print. So there's a lot of changes I would have liked to have made. Mm. I guess that happens. And there were, you know, some mistakes in there that are just, that happens, you know, I guess all my friends who've like written books are like, that happens, but it's my negativity bias. And also the great deal of stress that I've been in my, this whole year that I'm like, how, why? And then a little bit of issue with like production issues and everybody right now working is so, so stressed that it hasn't been, it wasn't like it was, I'm sure if I did this before the pandemic, before 2020, it would have been a heck of a lot easier and a different experience. But at the same time, it's a total honor to like have finished the book. It means so much to me. I put all like my heart and soul into it as far as like all my, I, I feel like I was a, really generous with every, all my extremely favorite rituals and all the things that I've learned over the years and hypnosis and stuff like that into the book. So I just really hope that it helps people that, that need it, that resonate with it and that it makes sense and inspires and, and the message is like kind of lives on in a, in a, in a positive way, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom passing, but it reminds me of the thing that you said about holding two things at once. And like, I, I always think it's so fascinating when like the art we create, like art, art reflects life and life reflects art and they, they work together. And so like in creating this book, in sending out your wishes to the world while also holding the grief of, you know, your mother passing. Well, that's, that is exactly it. I mean, 
and I think that, yeah, and that's what it's all about right now too. And so like putting this book out there and like, I understand, I'm very sensitive to, to, I mean, we all, I think, yeah, we all need to be as sensitive as possible right now, like to each other and to language and things changing and trauma and like, just, you know, correcting reparations, everything, you know, like we have to be really sensitive and accountable. So I, it is like this little book of wishes, but it, there's like a, it's, it was, there's definitely, it's not just like glossing over things, you know, but I read it, I wrote it and I, and I'd always deliver it in the spirit that is like more whimsical and like a little bit, it, it speaks to like the mystical, whimsical side of things, but it's, it's very deep practice as well. And it's not about bypassing the difficult things. And so I, I hope that message comes across too, but it's also about like, like I try not to be so prescriptive in it. I try to just share experiences and inspiration and cultural context so that people can make it their own. Like, and I think that hopefully that helps because I think that it can be problematic in like the new new age rhetoric in this way that it's like, oh, this is, this is my invention. <laughs> but like, obviously no, people have been doing this since the beginning of time. And uh, this is the way I do it. And now you can do it your way. Like, and so I'm not an expert on your mind <laughs> or on the process of creativity or creation. Like it's a uh, collaboration and, or, or this idea that like it, it's, it's extremely formulaic, which I think is very great for some people as far as learning stuff. So I, so I, de I definitely am super conscious not to go that route. First of all, that doesn't work for me. So I try to present it in a way that has a sense of whimsical, like kind of encouraging of your own artistry to it but but keeping in mind that it's a lot about the depth of the human experience which is like it's about really it's about love it's about like opening up to love despite the trauma and despite the everything just like to like how to that moment when we can shift that and to help people help themselves do that no matter what and then just like the field of possibility like just opening up to that is yeah so I hope that comes across yeah I think it definitely does and just thank you for sharing all of that and just reminding us you know you're not coming coming out here and being like you can change your life all you gotta do is change your thinking you know you're really holding both sides of the spectrum which is the whole depth of the human experience and so that's really beautiful so just thank you for sharing that with the world and for sharing that with us Thank you. Well, thank you for creating this great little portal to talk about all this fun, awesome stuff. Yes, <laughs> totally One of my favorite things to do towards the end of our conversation is I love to share creative resources with people. So is there anything that's been inspiring you lately? We're definitely going to check out your book, but what kind of music, books, anything that is inspiring you? Let's see. I think, I mean, right now I love, I mean, nature is really inspiring me. Like, the snow, the waters, and it's just taking very slow, like kind of walks in the woods. And that's it, keeping it really simple and just paying attention to things around me and trying to stay mm -hmm. present. I love that answer. Yeah, something we all need to remember to do a little more of. <laughs> and lastly, where can people find your work? Where can they buy the book? How can we support you? Thank you. So there's my website, shawnacummins.com. And I have like a link to the book. I have like a little page for the book on there and then it's it's like on all the online places you know I, I'm trying to figure out exactly more the independent places that it's on but right now it's on Amazon and at Barnes and Nobles and I, I'm trying to I think it's going to be in a lot of bookstores so like if you can maybe you want to get it from your local bookstore it's distributed by big 
distributor, so it should be available at wherever. But I'm going to update that to like a stockist on my website. But but yeah, so you can go to my website and get it there. And it's Wishcraft. And if you put in my name, you should be able to come up with it. The whole title is Wishcraft, A Guide to Manifesting a Positive Future. Mm, so beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Shauna. This has been so lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Soul Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to send it to a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at the underscore modern mermaid with your thoughts. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the podcast, I would love to gift you my guided writing meditation that will help you connect deeper to yourself, your creativity, and your spirituality. Just take a screenshot of the review and send it my way at the underscore modern mermaid, and I will send over the meditation. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul. Bye.